Christine Bentley, and you're listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Thanks so much for tuning in. We have a great show for you today. You know her from the hit TV show Community. Actress Nicole Yvette Brown is going to be sitting down with our film critic Ann Brody to talk about her role as Aunt Sarah in the live-action remake of Lady and the Tramp. It's been a long time since the cartoon was released, and from what I here, they have done some updating to reflect what life is like today. So that should be great. Now, Giving Tuesday is coming up on December 3rd. And if you haven't heard of it by now, it is a global movement for giving and volunteering that takes place each year after Black Friday. Hospice Toronto has participated in Giving Tuesday for the last four years. And this year, they'll be giving out hugs. Why hugs? Well, You'll have to stay tuned and find out. Now, by day, Lauren Ferraro, a longtime favorite guest of ours, is a public speaking and presentation consultant. And funnily enough, her singing voice was discovered by one of her corporate clients. So she has just released a Christmas album called Just the Classics, and she's going to be here to perform live in our studio sessions. We'll also have a chat about osteoporosis awareness with Amgen Canada's medical advisor of bone health, Luba Slatkowska, the latest movie and TV reviews, and author Erin Bow will tell us about her recent Governor General Literary Award nomination. So don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and download our free Apple Podcasts so you can listen on the go. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So, let's get a... a Meridian 5-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally! Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Giving Tuesday is coming up on December the 3rd, and if you didn't already know, it is a global movement for giving and volunteering that takes place each year after Black Friday. Now, joining us now is Catherine Adamo. She's the Senior Fund Development Officer at Hospice Toronto. Welcome to what she said. Catherine, before we get into Giving Tuesday, tell us just something about Hospice uh, Toronto. Hospice Toronto, we've just celebrated our 30th anniversary. So we began, I know, in 1988. Uh Um, And uh, it's really for uh, people who are... um, needing care in their homes. And we hear so much today about people needing constant caregiving, and but they don't want to leave their homes to receive that caregiving. So Hospice Toronto um, brings in a number of volunteers who go into people's homes and care for uh, those who are chronically ill or who are nearing end of life. And you've uh, helped somewhere close to 12,000 people approximately 12,000. amazing. Well, and it's, and it's probably over 40,000 when you include family and friends who exactly. have also needed help. Yeah. So in the same way, going back to Giving Tuesday, in the same way that retailers take part in Black Friday, the giving community comes together for Giving Tuesday. That's right. Tell us about that. So Giving Tuesday um, really started as a movement in, two, I think it's 2012. And for the last four years, Hospice Toronto has been um, participating in Giving Tuesday from an online social media platform. Um, and this year, in, in conversation with one of our board members, Kathleen Murphy, we said, you know what, we really want to make a difference and go out and have a physical presence out in the community. So what does that look like? So we're taking Giving Tuesday um, out into uh, the financial district and uh, and hoping to share 10,000 hugs and 
Why hugs? Hugs. Oh, I mean, I think about you and your puppy and, and yeah. hugging your puppy. And uh, and they just, they help to reduce anxiety and depression. Um, and there are just so many health benefits, reducing blood pressure. And, and I have to think that when you're hugging someone, it's really hard to not like them or to be angry with them. We, we came up with Hugs for Hospice because when you're not feeling well. A hug makes such a difference. Absolutely. And I think it probably, especially this time of year, reduces stress. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and everyone's so stressful. At this time of year, we're all coming hither and yon and trying to get everything done yeah. for the holidays. So um, what is the goal for the fundraising and the number of hugs then? We're looking to receive 10,000 hugs. Virtual virtual hugs they or, could they could be in or, person or they or could not. be online and we also have this little um giving card so if people are coming down to commerce court west um they can receive a a, a tree card and and write on the back that they're hugging for someone and then hang it on our giving tree and it's just another way of giving a hug and then there can also be online donations in-person donations as well as online donations and um, and that's another way of hugging. So you are going to be there um, starting at 8.30 a.m. till approximately 2 p.m.? That's correct. You think you're going to be able to do 10,000 hugs in that time? How many people are going to be there? <laughs> well, I know that about 30,000 professionals are, are passing through Commerce Court West on a daily basis. So wow. now I'm not suggesting that they're all going to want to give a hug, but but maybe they'll stop and, and think about a loved one or their pet or their child or grandchild and want to give a hug in, in their name. So is there a set price for a hug? Nope. Nope. You don't even have to donate if you don't want to or can't. Um, if later on, if you decide you were impacted by Hospice Toronto in our presence, you can go online to hospicetoronto.ca and and uh, donate. Where would the money be going? The money will be going to our volunteer program. So this is where we um, uh, bring in volunteers, provide intensive training so that they can go out into people's homes and provide the caregiving that is necessary, as well as respite for the caregiver uh, so that they may be able to take an hour or a couple of hours off, go grocery shopping or or whatever it is that they need to do. So the money goes to um, ensuring that people are, are trained and cared for. How much money are you hoping to raise? We're hoping to raise $15,000. We, we've already received um, a little bit of a donation from, from a corporation. And we also have another very generous uh, matching uh, donor who is offered to match up to $5,000 in donations. So is this your major money-raising event? It's one of them. One of them? We did have a gala in September to end mm -hmm. our 30th anniversary, where and that was at the AgaCon Museum, thanks to our board mm -hmm. chair. Uh, and so we were able to, we're hoping to have a gala every year to raise even more money and more awareness. There are so many people that don't know that Hospice Toronto exists. Well, like I didn't know. I mean, I can't believe that I, I've lived here all this time and I didn't know. I know, me too. Yeah. So how many volunteers do you have? We have over 200 volunteers that go out into people's homes on a regular basis. That's amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. Our volunteer coordinator thinks so too. Yes. <laughs> She's pretty busy. Yes. So how do people, okay, so first of all, to raise money or mm -hmm. to get involved with Hospice Toronto, um, where can people go? They can go to our website, hospicetoronto.ca, and you'll find our phone number on there as well. Yeah, I think it's just probably by going onto the website. Our phone number is 416-364-1666, mm -hmm. which is also on the website. And uh, we're happy to answer any questions anyone has. So in a perfect world, <laughs> where would you like to see Hospice Toronto in five years? Five years. We'd love to see a space downtown Toronto. So currently, we're we're working with um, uh, with Trinity Church down by the Eaton Center, which is actually our where our roots began. And so we're working to have space down at Trinity Church, so we have more of a presence, um, a building presence, I should say. Because when you're talking about home hospice, we don't really have a building. So this way we have something to talk to people about, to invite them into our space, to talk more about our, our programs, which go beyond what yeah. we're currently doing. And things like training. Where are they trained? Right now they're trained in our office, and we also partner with one of our other hospice partners. And so there's training going on between the two organizations. Actually, maybe three organizations. Yeah. 
Is 200 volunteers enough? Never. It's never enough because the number of clients continues to increase. As we re get released from the hospital, so many people go home to nobody. And so how do they receive care? But even when we're talking about seniors, they, you know, we talk a lot about the aging of our population. Yes. So as the boomers <laughs> sort of come into this time of their life, right. um, what does that mean for you? For us, it means that we're going to be receiving more and more calls so that people can remain in their homes longer and longer, but still receive some form of care. So do you have to ever turn people away? I don't think so. I haven't heard of anybody being turned away. Um, it's just a matter of matching clients with volunteers. So <laughs> so if you had, if you could raise more funds, yes. you could accommodate more volunteers? That's correct. And you could, you could match? We could match. We, we could have even more matching between clients and volunteers. Well, it says a lot about the organization that you're Thank not you. having to turn people away. No. No, no, we're happy that we don't have to, mm -hmm. and we're happy that we can continue to support, and we have for more than 30 years. So what is your geographic area? Uh, pretty much Toronto. There might be a few boundaries within Toronto that, I, I mean, I'm not sure it goes all the way into Scarborough or all the way into Etobicoke, but mm -hmm. I would say the majority of Toronto is our boundary. Okay. So we're talking about hugs. Who doesn't love a hug? Remind us again what it's December the... December 3rd. 3rd. So next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Yes. 8.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. in right. Commerce Court. Yes, Commerce Court, Commerce Court West. Commerce Court right West. Right near the food court. Right near the food court. Yes. And go and get a hug. There'll be people there to give you a hug. Thank you so much. Yes, that would be wonderful. <laughs> We're really looking forward to it. And thank you for, for inviting us today. Thank you so much for coming and telling us all about it. Now I know something about hospice in Toronto. <laughs> what She What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler We'll be right back. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code WHATSHESAID. Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand-new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it. You'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch, Sundays at Draco. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Even though a woman is feeling great on the outside, her bones could be telling a totally different story on the inside. And if ignored, osteoporosis can jeopardize your ability to do things you love and get around on your own. So joining us now to tell us more is Luba Slatkowska. She's the Medical Advisor of Bone Health at MGen Canada, Inc. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much for having me here. So Luba, you're here to tell us about a recent Amgen survey which asked nearly 6,000 women aged 55 plus across nine countries about their lifestyle, their health, and awareness of osteoporosis. First of all, osteoporosis is often called the silent thief. So tell us why. Absolutely. So um, you might not realize that a person might not realize that they have osteoporosis because what happens is um, they experience a bone loss and that happens silently. Nothing really occurs. Nothing really, it doesn't really affect your life. But as your life is passing by, um, you know, with aging, bone loss occurs and that makes bones weaker and it can make them more prone to fracture. And ultimately, a lot of people might not realize that they're affected by osteoporosis until that fracture happens. Now, 
I know that estrogen plays a big part for women, and that's. But what are some of the other factors, and, and how does estrogen play the role? Absolutely. So, estrogen is the big differentiating factors between why women are tend to be more prone to osteoporosis. Men can still get it, but women mm-hmm. are at higher risk. And it's really that transition that happens going through the menopause um, and that loss of estrogen or decline that affects our bones. It really accelerates that bone loss, um, and that leads to weaker bones. There are, as you mentioned, other factors as as well. Um, Aging itself, so as I mentioned, men can also get osteoporosis because aging itself may cause bone loss as well. And there's various other factors that, um, you know, it's individual that a person can talk to to talk to their family doctor to figure out what are some of the risk factors that I might have that might put me at increased risk for bone loss. So how do you know then if you have osteoporosis, because, for example, in terms of estrogen, I mean, I think a lot of women uh, take estrogen. Yeah, I was going. I, I was right on the money. I was going to say I'm on HRT, so I wear an estrogen patch that mm-hmm. um, I change a couple of times mm-hmm. a week. So does that help? Um, estrogen does have a positive effect on bone. Um, how do you know whether you have osteoporosis? I think a starting point is getting a bone density test. Um, and we found in the survey that we're talking about that um, only about 40% of women aged uh, 50 to 64 are familiar with what bone men- bone density test really? is. Really? Really. So, and it's a simple test um, where it scans your bones, particularly your hip and your spine, and it tells you how dense your bones are. So it's kind of a starting point um, to figure out whether or not, uh, you know, you might be at increased risk for osteoporosis and osteoporosis fractures. What kind of machine are we talking? Like a, um, It's a, a low x-ray. Low it's, you lie on it and it uh, scans your hip and it scans your spine and it um, gives an estimate of what your bone density is. Is there a good base, you know, age to have one done? Absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the things that we also found in the survey was that um, about maybe half of women age 65 um, had a conversation about osteoporosis and three quarters of them didn't know that uh, they're at increased risk for osteoporosis. And it's the 65 that um, there's a recommendation in Canada and ca- uh, Canadian clinical practice guidelines that somebody that's 65, whether you're a woman or a man, um, you know, you should perhaps have a bone mineral density test done if it's available through your family doctor. And that's your starting point. At least you can figure out that baseline at age 65 where you might be with fracture risk. The other way, and this is really what I want to stress, is it's thinking about fractures. So, um, you know, we tend to think fractures when we're young kids, um, nothing really major. It hurts, you know, we get over it. But really thinking about fractures in people over the age of 50, 80% of fractures in uh, people over the age of 50 occur because of osteoporosis. And there's a staggering, I have your stats right in front of me, 30,000 hip fractures in Canada each year. And Absolutely. a quarter of those are men. So three quarters of them. And at least one in three women and one in five men will suffer a broken bone from osteoporosis. Exactly. At some point, maybe two. Exactly. And this, I find this stat, uh, supr- like, She's gobsmacked. Surprising. I'm <laughs> Fractures from osteoporosis are more common than heart attacks, stroke, and breast cancer combined. Absolutely. Combined. Absolutely. Yes, it's a staggering That's... number. And the other thing to realize, and a lot of people don't realize that, is there's a saying in the osteoporosis field, fracture begets fracture. So... Um, when somebody had a fracture because of osteoporosis, they're at much higher risk for having another another fracture. one. And it's really, you know, when in the initial stages of osteoporosis, it's the less serious fractures that tend to occur, like wrist fracture. But that's a signal for a more serious fracture that potentially might happen down the road, such as hip fracture and uh, vertebral fracture. You know, 30,000 Canadians are affected by hip fractures each year. Only about 40% actually come home after a hip fracture. And only less than half of them wow. will actually regain their mobility. So these, this is a serious concern, and that's ultimately what needs to be prevented. So is it more, is it geographic at all or by country? Or is it worse some places than others? I'm thinking whether diet influences this at all. Absolutely, diet has an effect. Um, in Canada, um, you know, we also have to worry about vitamin D because we're in the northern hemisphere, right? Um, but it's- 5,000 I use a day, I have. So it depends on the person. It depends on the recommendations. Mm-hmm. I think uh, some of the recommendations say anywhere between 800 to 2,000 is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think 
it's overall with osteoporosis, it's really important to raise awareness and raise awareness of the fact that these fractures are a serious consideration. So one of the interesting findings in a survey was that um, that three out of five women actually thought that having weak bones was just a normal part of aging. That, that's just it, right? But yet, you know, more than half of the women that were surveyed were surprised to learn that, as you mentioned before, then one in three women can get osteoporotic fractures, right? So to me, it almost begs the question, perhaps women know about osteoporosis, that it's a silent thief, but perhaps we need to have a little bit more conversations about these fractures. You know, they are common and um, they they may lead to um, changes in your life that you might not want to accept, right? So in that survey, we also learned that Canadian women more so than the global counterparts were concerned about being independent. So about 98% said, said you know, I want to be able to do what I want. 83% thought I would be frustrated if I couldn't do daily tasks. And that's what fractures end up doing, unfortunately. Now, Luba, um, your PhD project was conducted at the UHN Osteoporosis Clinic. And I am very eager to ask you one question because I have a whole body vibration oh, machine. interesting. And I love it. Um, and I find that like not only if I'm like st- just standing on it, sometimes t- I know 10 minutes a day is the maximum. Sometimes I just stand on it for f- for five, just mm-hmm. to like, and just to loosen up at a mm-hmm. high speed. But what did you find about how these whole body vibration machines build, help build bone density, mm-hmm. or do they? Mm-hmm. Or am I wasting my time? So it's an interesting question. We do know that bones respond to physical stimulus. So they respond to exercise. Um, and that's where these whole body vibration platforms came around. Unfortunately, the research study that we've done with that particular platform that we've done, we did not find any effect. It might not be a strong enough stimulus. Um, whether in a specific situation such as yours, um, it makes a difference. It's, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you're enjoying it, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, as, as I've mentioned, it's more important just to think about, you know, having that conversation with your doctor if you're 65 and older if you haven't had a conversation about osteoporosis if you think you had a fracture after the age of 50 that happened during activities of daily living and perhaps um, you know you should not have fractured you, did, you had your shoulder but you fell down I mean she I, fell I, down I, no I fell on her black shoulder. ice so oh, I see and then it fractured I see I mean it yeah. broke into five pieces mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah. Does something like that put her more at risk of later? I think that's something like that that needs to start a conversation, as I mentioned, right? The the interesting thing because between fractures due to osteoporosis versus regular fractures is that they happen during activities of daily living. It's, you know, yeah. if you had strong mm-hmm. bones, you may not have broken, um, you know, to determine that it it requires that conversation. Oh, no, you no, could I get would a bone have broken. Density I, couldn't have, I couldn't have landed any worse. Gotcha. I mean, gotcha. but I'll tell you what it did do is I was so um, immobilized and and it was it drove me insane. Yeah. So I exactly. know what it would be like to not look after my bones and to have like a, a you know, one of those a year, one of those every couple of Absolutely. years where you can't do things. Absolutely. It's very frustrating. Losing your independence. Exactly. Right? Just with daily... Ba- with Basic a, things, putting on your clothes, brushing your teeth, and so on. Exactly. Yeah. It's frustrating. Drying your hair. Mm. So yeah. where can people go to get more information? Um, so I'm not sure if you have, and you can share the Public um, Health Agency of Canada uh, website. Mm-hmm. And that's a great starting point. It um, gives a little bit of an education what you can do, what the risk factors are. And talk to your doctor if you okay. have a concern. Luba Slatkowska, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for being here. It was lovely. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining 
us now is our film critic, Ann Brody, for Saturday Night at the Movies. And this weekend, you are loving The Two Popes. Oh, wow. It is something else. Really? It's a thriller. It's a psychological portrait of two men. It's it's a, an eye-filling spectacle of life in the Vatican. Um, and it's based on a true story. Now, this is going to be in theaters this week and on Netflix on the 20th of December. So it's a good one to remember. You have Anthony Perkins, Hopkins. Perkins and um, uh, Jonathan Price. And Jonathan Price plays um, the Argentinian current Pope Francis, uh, Bergoglio. And Anthony Hopkins plays Pope Benedict. Bergoglio writes to the Pope. He's asking to step down from, the, from his duties as cardinal mm-hmm. in Argentina. And the Pope won't answer him. And he pushes and he pushes. So eventually he goes over and they talk. And this opens up a huge volume of, of concerns and philosophies and ideologies. And they find that they have uh, a lot not in common, but they do have some things in common. And I'll just mention one, which is um, they're both eaten up by their individual guilts. So the Pope won't let him stand down. And of course, being a true story, you know what happens. Benedict resigned and Francis came in. But the spectacle around this, the the brilliant writing and the performances, that's the best thing is watching, particularly Anthony Hopkins, this giant of acting, being this man who, who doesn't, who's never heard of the Beatles, um, who's never watched a game, who has this completely interior intellectual life. Uh, and Jonathan's Price, Jonathan Price's character brings him out of it. It's just stunning to me, to my mind. It's just incredible. And it's obviously very expensive to have made it because it's so detailed and gorgeous. I mean, they have the white smoke and, and the crowds, and you remember that. Mm-hmm. So it is mark it on your calendar for Netflix if you're not going to see it in a big theater, yeah. which you probably should. What about Dark Waters? That's a thriller, uh, corporate thriller. Mark Ruffalo plays a man who still lives and who is still defending uh, people affected by DuPont's toxic mm. spillover in rural lands. So what they did, DuPont bought properties and uh, secretly dug ditches and 50 drum barrels full of highly toxic waste from their factories. So they make plastics and chemicals. Mm-hmm. So a man comes into Mark Ruffalo's office. He plays a lawyer. He's got videotapes. He's got a head full of steam. He's a farmer with cancer. His wife has cancer. 190 of his cattle have died of cancer. He figures it's coming from this factory up on the top of the hill, and of course it is. So Mark Ruffalo's battle to find any kind of justice takes decades. Um, and I'm not saying that there is a total total justice happening here, but uh, it's, you can't look away from, from, the theater, from the screen when this is on. You have to learn every detail. It's, it's a head full of stuff. Hmm. Amazing. Pulse pounding. Stand. <laughs> this is a funny little thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, 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 it's something that took place in Winnipeg 100 years ago? Yeah, and it's a musical, and it was a, it was a strike. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> And people died in this strike, and there's this Romeo and Juliet story, and it's a musical. <laughs> there was a, a, there is a stage play, a musical called Strike, and this is Stand, which is based on that. But it seems an unlikely series of events to cover musically. Mm-hmm. So wow. <laughs> I had a, a tough time getting used to it. Yeah. It, it's okay. Did you have a tough time getting used to Varda by Agnes? Oh, my God, it's so good. Is it? Agnes Varda. I can't believe that you are th- liking everything today. Well, again, we're getting closer to Christmas, yes. right? And the and the American Thanksgiving and everything is happening all at once. This is when all the good stuff comes to the gate. And so much more to come. Oh, my goodness. I've been catching up for my award screenings. <gasps> so much more to come. But, um, yes, so uh, Agnes Varda by Agnes is the last film of French New Wave filmmaker Agnes Varda, and it's a biography. And it's timely because she died last year, last, mm-hmm. yeah, early in the year. Um, and there has such, been such an outpouring of love and respect for what she's done. In fact, she had a very distinctive hairdo. Her hair was about your length, bob, white roots, and red around here. 
And uh, they made balloons of her to send up to heaven when she died. She is absolutely beloved. She's made, I think, 70 films. She made her last film, this film, at age 90. So her biography, her final word, is now on down at Tiff Light Box. Well worth seeing. And you've got lots of news from Amazon Prime Video, yes. which I now can get. Yay! <laughs> Finally. <laughs> All right. So we have another corporate thriller on Amazon Prime Video starring Adam Driver. And he plays an investigator uh, with the CIA into the CIA's torture of suspected terrorists post 9-11. And the... American government okayed or didn't complain when they began waterboarding, starvation, uh, using claustrophobia techniques. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a stain on the American civilization. Nothing was done. So Adam Driver works again for years and years and years to find out what actually happened, and he comes up against so many roadblocks. They say now they don't do torture anymore. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But also there's a, a fair amount of Christmas fare coming up. Yes. Amazon has a bunch of stuff from all eras, all, jo- all genres of films. Yeah. It's uh, pretty interesting. Every channel has theirs, but every channel has a different sort of aspect. And I think Amazon's is pretty darn good compared to many. Yeah. Well, of course, as usual, if uh, if you missed any of this, uh, and Anne can't stay here for 30 minutes to talk about it, but <laughs> we have it all up on our website. We do. Um, on what she said, talk.com. But there's more. You got to sit down with the fabulous Yvette Nicole Brown from Community, who plays Aunt Sarah in the live action remake of Lady and the Tramp on Disney+. Plus. So let's take a listen. She Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com. could say that your family's just about perfect don't don't please don't well lady that's basically all over now now tell me something yes you have such a sunny personality and i have this on very good account yeah from two people at disney who met you a few years ago and i kind of get that about you from the work you've done mm-hmm. And here you are playing Aunt Sarah. I know, of all people. How much fun was that? You know, it was kind of fun being the bad girl for a change. I'm, I'm In my life, I try to be uh, an asset, not a hindrance. I don't like to be a liability, so I try to, to, to bring a good energy and joy wherever I go. Uh, Aunt Sarah does not believe in that. She's not about that life. So she's pretty selfish, and she wants what she wants when she wants it, and she doesn't think she should ever be inconvenienced. And... Um, I have this thing and we call it we call it nice tea. So she's nice but nasty. So she will compliment you, but it, it's a real just a little bit to the left uh, of, of kindness. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get yeah. it. <laughs> so it was fun to to be able to be a little naughty in that way. The only thing I didn't like is I did have to yell at dogs, and I love dogs. So that part was a little that was acting. That was acting. Acting. Best acting capital. I've ever done. Yeah, at a girl. At a girl. Now I will get to your to your acting. Yes. But the outfits were so beautiful. Oh my God, Colleen Atwood, <gasps> Oscar winner. Colleen Atwood. Colleen Atwood did oh. these costumes so there were a couple that uh we wore that aunt sarah wore that were period actually from the period so they were like really dainty and you could tell the difference in quality between these hand sewed like laces and all this beautiful stuff and then colleen is so amazing she would then she took all my measurements and then made a couple of costumes that were brand new that were perfect for my body she made a a a custom corset for me so it was wow. shaped for my body. It was amazing. So as uncomfortable as a corset is, it was a little bit better because it was a Colleen Atwood corset. So No kidding. Yes. She goes back a she long, does. long she's time. Brilliant. Great work. She's brilliant. And very humble. She's not, she walks in a room and you want to go, oh, God. And she's like, hey, we're just working <laughs> together on the film. We're just here together. You know, so she's really cool. That's so great. Yeah. Now, this is an updated Lady and the Tramp. It's, mm-hmm. um, it really more reflects our world. Yes. It's inclusive. Yes. It's a bit darker given yes. the environment and the it world is. these days. And I think, you know, it's a different experience in a way from the 55 animated mm-hmm. one. But I think there's a, a place for something like this. I agree. I agree. And it, I, we've had a, I've had a lot of conversations about the Disney remakes and why should you remake them? And I don't know why people think that once the new one comes out, we're just going to burn every copy of the old one. They all still exist. If you like your mermaid that way, then go and look at it that way.
anyways, it's okay. So I just tell everyone, is they're like, well, what's going to happen to the original? It's going to be on Disney Plus along with the new one. <laughs> you can do it to a, a double feature. Relax. It's okay. Speaking of which, yes. Greg from Disney yes. said that you are becoming the queen of Disney Plus. Oh, my God. I hope so. Oh, let it be true, Greg. Let it be true. <laughs> I love Disney and Disney Plus so much. I am planting a flag. I have Lady and the Tramp, which is the premiere movie on the streaming service, the first film. But then I also have a kids game show called The Big Fib and another dramedy, a David E. Kelly dramedy with uh, Jan, John Stamos called Big Shot. Oh. So I have two other shows on Disney Plus and I'm so excited. It's so great. It's great. I don't even know how it happened. I'm so excited. Wow. That yeah. is so terrific. Yeah. And you know what? You deserve it because everybody you. loves you. Oh, I love, I love all <laughs> these guys. They're great. And also the best thing is I... I hosted the launch at D23, the launch right. of Disney of Disney Plus. So I got to see little snippets of everything that was coming before anybody else. So as the the Disney nerd that I am, I'm still <laughs> pinching myself more about that than anything else that I've done for Disney. It's ridiculous. But that's the effect it has. I yeah. mean, it's it's in our DNA since it we is. were little, right? It is. All it's of us. It's always been there. Yes. It's, yes. it's more stable in our lives than the government. It's so true. We, well, we know this. Now, I'm from America. You know we know this. Feel for you. Honey. I feel for all of us. We're all in this. This is everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. orange fall covers everything. Just pray. Just pray, girl. Just pray. It's going to be all right. Do you, do you ever see the kids from Community? I do. I just saw everybody from Community no last way. week. We did a 10-year reunion at Vulture Fest. It's a Vulture. The Vulture magazine has, like, this festival. And so we all got together, and Dan Harmon was there, and we talked about our favorite scenes, and we all went to dinner afterwards. It was really lovely. Isn't that fabulous? Yeah, it's really great. So did you get a dog after the movie? I, I got a dog from the movie. I One of Rose's doubles, Harley, I adopted. Disney has an adoption service. I didn't know what? this. What? And so all the dogs in the film were rescues, and I, and I adopted one. I adopted <gasps> Harley. He has an Instagram page and everything. Three thousand oh followers this dog has. Well then don't go into the press room. Oh, I'm I'm taking one of those too. I've already oh, made the decision. Okay. <laughs> they have their shots. We're going home. Harley Over would be the so upset. So upset. <laughs> Thank you. Thank what a you. pleasure to talk to Thank you. It's nice to talk to you. Too. Oh, here's Thank another you. Yes. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So, let's get a... a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. totally! Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rate subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Aaron Bowe, who is a former physicist turned poet and writer of novels for young people, and she's here to tell us about her latest one called Stand on the Sky. Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, you're from Kitchener, and you are a finalist for this year's Canada Council for the Arts Governor General Literary Award in the Young People's Literature category. And this is for your book, Stand on the Sky, which you wrote in your garden shed? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I have a, I have a garden shed. A she shed. I, is that what they call them? Well, now? I think my shed has come out as non-binary. Oh, <laughs> oh, I think my, oh, my shed okay. doesn't have a gender necessarily. Oh, okay. But yes, it is very much my shed. We'll get to the shed in a moment. But what does it feel like to be in the finals? Oh, the Gigi is the award. And um, they called me last week, I think. And I'm trying to get around. You think around. it's not burned in your memory? It is burned in my memory, but it is also drifted free from time. It oh, is. okay. Oh. 
I'm trying to get around to that gracious, oh, it's an honor just to be nominated. All the other books are amazing. But in my heart, I'm like, yes! Yes! <laughs> yeah, well, all the other books, like 1,400 yeah, books. Proud. Like, that's a lot, it's a lot of books. Lot and of it books. stood out. So mm-hmm. what's it about? Uh, Stand on the Sky is a middle grade adventure, so it's for kids from, say, 9 to 99, maybe 109, somewhere in there. Uh, It's about a girl in Mongolia. It's a contemporary adventure, so she's a Kazakh nomad child, and she's learning to fly a golden eagle. Her eagle is her way to save her brother who's fallen sick. She thinks if she can win some prize money, she can help with his treatment. So it's a family story. It's about the two siblings. It's about the girl and her big extended family. It's about her way of life. And, of course, it's about the eagle. So it's a kid and an eagle and now a sticker. But I want to tell people that it's a kid and an animal and a sticker on the cover, but not one of those books where the eagle dies at the end. Okay. So what inspired you to write this? I have always loved um, Birds of Prey, falconry. Um, When I was about eight, I was walking in the woods by my house and I found a falcon or a hawk, I'm not sure which, hanging upside down from its jesses from it. It was a trained falcon and it was hanging from its leash in a tree and flapping and it was just, it was terrifying and extraordinary and then the falconer came along and rescued it. And I've been fascinated with that ever since. I've always wanted to write a falconry book. Um, But I had trouble making it work until I finally saw, and you may have seen them too, the very famous pictures by Asher Spendensky of Mm. children training golden eagles in Mongolia. And that was, so I had an idea, and then those pictures struck that idea like lightning. And off I went to Mongolia. Well, I'm falling in love with falconry and <laughs> and children trying to train golden eagles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even train my puppy. <laughs> so what happened when you went to Mongolia? Mongolia is amazing. Um, it's a long way from here. It takes mm-hmm. a good 36 hours on airplanes, some of which are very small, to get to Banyanogli, which is on the western edge of Mongolia. So between... Why did you pick there? Because that's where the Kazakhs with their eagles are. Uh-huh. So it's it's not a place that you would just ordinarily drop into as a tourist because right. it's between Siberia and Russia and Uyghur China, and it's well off the grid. Um, but it's quite extraordinary. I lived with a family of Kazakh nomads for about five weeks. So a pair of grandparents, their sons and daughters-in-law and all the kids, and their 350 goats and their... Five yaks and so did they know you were coming or did oh, you yes, just knock yes. on the door? And say, Hi, I'm here. You, got you a know spot what? For they me? would totally have taken you in. They're yeah. that kind of people. But no, they knew I was coming. Uh, I had a guide and a translator who was from the community, uh, and then went off and got a degree in gender studies. So she's my friend, a perfect first reader, uh, who helped me find these people. And then I did pay them for the privilege of staying in their home. But I asked them to treat me. Like they would treat like a cousin from the community, like I was mm-hmm. a kid coming into their community mm-hmm. and not like an honored guest, because that was the experience I wanted for my protagonist. And so were you out there when they were training the eagles? Yeah. So the, this family kept two golden eagles. Alan by the patriarch of the family, is an eagle hunter. And one of the grandkids was training to be an eagle hunter, although he was still a little bit young. Um so they had two By eagles. eagle hunter, you don't mean that they hunt eagles. No, but they, they hunt, hunt with, with eagles. eagles. Okay. Exactly so. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so they hunt in the winter for the fox, fox furs and the rabbit furs and even the wolves that they use to keep warm. So they, they definitely need the furs. It's not just a recreational thing. Yeah. Um, but it's also an ancient part of their culture. They've been doing it for thousands of years. And this is not a museum piece culture. This is a culture with, I have a picture of Allenby holding an eagle in one hand and his cell phone in the other. So this is a contemporary <laughs> culture, but they still uh, have a lot of their so what traditional do you, ways. So what do you hope people take away from the book? I hope that it's mostly a story about the brother and the sister and finding a place in your family. Because Isalu, my heroine, is a girl training at things that boys usually do. It's not Mm -hmm. like a girl power narrative. It's not forbidden for her to do it. But she's blazing a path. She's first. And she's having to find a new way to belong in a traditional family. 
Mm-hmm. And she's having to, like her parents, circle the wagons around her sibling who's sick and kind of leave her on the outside. Uh, so she has to find a way to stand on her own while everyone else has got their back to her. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a story about finding your place. But she still loves her brother. Of course she loves her brother. Desperately loves her brother. And desperately loves her eagle and her family and her people. And But yeah, she loves her brother. Why do you think it's so important for young people to read stories like this? I think everybody deserves a story that's a mirror for them in one way or another. I got a, re- I got a letter quite recently from an American uh, young reader who was Kazakh. Um, and most of the Kazakh kids in America were adopted from Kazakhstan. So they're adopted by uh, an American family but have a Kazakh tradition. They're like, oh, there's finally a book with Kazakh people in it. So that was an extraordinary letter. Oh. It was just... And then there's the kids who are not the kid who's sick but the kid who's on the outside of the crisis. It's a very common story and not one you see in literature a lot. Mm-hmm. So I want that for the kids. And just a rip-roaring, snorting sense of adventure. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm making this book sound so highfalutin. There are so many eagle poop jokes in this book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know, before, before we run out of time, how you went from physicist to, to author. Have you given up? Uh, yeah, pretty or? much. I uh, Calling me a physicist is like calling a kid who dropped out of med school a doctor. I got to grad school and discovered I really liked studying physics, not so much the doing the physics. Um, so now I'm a science writer. I mm-hmm. write about science for the Perimeter Institute for Theoretical Physics three days a week, and then I write my novels three days a week. That's great because I really get to like grapple with the cutting eye edge ideas about physics without actually having to bang my head on a wall of math all day. Uh So I really, really do like that. I'm still interested in physics and still passionate about it, but I don't practice. I'm not creating new knowledge about the universe. I'm just It's interesting because in my experiences, they usually say maths and music go together, Um, but you've picked another art Mm -hmm. or another art has picked you. Yeah. Well, I've always been interested in both. I, I wanted to double major in physics and English, but it's it's a tough double major. And eventually I picked physics on the grounds that I could probably teach myself <laughs> to uh, write, but not teach myself like what an eigenvector is. So yeah. <laughs> Now, the 14 winners for the Governor General Literary Award will be announced on ggbooks.ca mm-hmm. on October 29th, right? Yes. Well, we will be looking for your name. Where can people connect with you online? I have a website at erinbow.com, and I'm all over social media as Aaron Bow Books. Aaron wow. Bow Books. Books, yes. So what's next? Is there a sequel? There's no sequel to this. Uh, she, you know, has an eagle and saves her brother and, whoops, spoiler, happy ending. Uh, 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 <laughs> she has an eagle and, and saves her brother, and that's sort of the end of that piece of her story. I'm actually finally working on a comedy, because, but because it's me, it's a comedy about PTSD that's set in a funeral home. So that's a whole, we'll have to have you yeah. back because that, that sounds like a whole yeah, story. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining us today, and we wish you all the best of luck. We, oh, yeah, we have you. our fingers crossed. Yes. Definitely. I really don't think we need to cross our fingers. I think she's doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, ladies. What she What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. 
book a free consultation or go online to vistaoneinc.com like I did. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Definitely beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And joining us now is Lauren Ferraro, who just released a brand new Christmas album called Just the Classics. Welcome back to the show, Lauren. Thank you. In a brand new capacity, (laughs) I must say. Surprise. So you're being touted as the female Michael Bublé. Your singing was actually discovered by uh, your corporate clients. and. So by day, you're a public speaking and presentation consultant. So tell us how and this by all... Night. By night. Yeah. <laughs> but But how did all this happen? Hi. <laughs> Good question. Did it, you it, know you were a great singer? I knew I could hold a tune. <laughs> I, okay. I, I knew yeah. that. I used to sing like a long time ago, many moons ago. I would I enjoyed performing in high school, and I enjoyed uh, speaking out loud, public speaking. That kind of led me to to opening the public speaking company, and I just sort of sang in the shower or maybe hummed to myself, you know, like like everyone else kind but of. But you never song. considered it as a career. No. No, no. I never thought I'm going to be a singer. Maybe when I was like 10 or 12, it was, I'm going to be a singer. But I never thought of it um, sort of 20s onward. I just got busy. As a lot of us were entrepreneurs, we start our businesses and we it's it's 24-7. And then you kind of realize there's something so what I happened? enjoy and, and yeah. I'm not doing it. Yeah, but well, that's not exactly what happened. Well, what specifically to get uh, this album going was I was, someone asked me to, to do like a test for a microphone, like testing one, two, three, that kind of thing. And I sung a Bonnie Ray song. Let's, um, not let's give him something to talk yeah. about. Uh, I can't make yeah. you love me yeah. if you don't. And they went, huh? And then I sent it to my sweetheart. My sweetheart went, is this you? Do you sing? And we'd been together a while already. And they were like, why are you not doing this? Like, does this bring you joy? People want to hear this. So all of that kind of stuff. So you forget, you facilitate everyone else in a wonderful way. I'm, I'm happy mm-hmm. with my business. But you kind of forget your talents and what you used to do. And then it was it was around the Christmas time last year. And, and so I said, well, why don't I do a Christmas album? And I did one. <laughs> and that was last year. And that was last year. I, did, I laid down a couple of tracks last year, but this is a full-fledged album this year, 12 songs. Because we heard nothing of this, did we, Alex? Not one little peep. Yes. yes. This is a well-kept secret. <laughs> it okay. is. Um, so this is actually your second Christmas? Technically my second, Technically. yeah. yeah. Um, this one is all 40s, 50s, and 60s classic Christmas classics. Yeah. So... There are a lot of, actually, a lot of Christmas songs out there. So how did you just pick um, 12? I picked, well, I was told to stick between 10 and 12 for, mm-hmm. for the, the, the CD or the, the, the album. And I just kind of Googled what songs do I enjoy or, oh, yeah, I remember that one or, oh, I like that one. Um, I, I love warm uh, holiday feels. That's what I wanted. So I needed a little bit of ballads, a couple of up-tempos, but s- music that I enjoyed singing. That's what I, just songs that I was drawn to. And then I mm-hmm. got my... My 12, and next year there could be a whole other. I mean, there's so many. But, Lauren, are you limiting yourself now to just Christmas albums? What about original? <laughs> yeah, so that's, I think, the yes, here saying it for the first time on what she said. Yes, I think I would love to do a standards, covers, maybe original. Yeah, I've got music in my head. Now that you've opened up this floodgate, yeah, it's time to sort of start singing into my phone and getting getting some music down. But I would love to cover some jazz swing versions of Canadian artists first and just like standards that I that I love. So I would love to do a Christmas every every year. I'm like Perry Como in a way. <laughs> There's like, they have one every year. Um, but yeah, I'd love to do a standards. 
that would be next. So how does it feel to sort of have opened up this new window into you and be nurturing that along? I feel like I've I've let everybody in on a secret. I feel like I've I've okay now you all know or something like that. Like it's this it's this little um it's freeing in a weird way. If I think about it now that now that you've asked me like that, it's it's yeah, I feel uh, there's a whole other side, a whole other world of options. Like I love the idea of of someone decorating their tree and there's something warm in the background that 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 that's yeah. helping them enjoy the spirit kind of thing. I I, I love that. Uh, I'm singing live coming up, and that's the the idea is for people to just kind of get in the Christmas spirit. That's the whole point. Uh, so you have a launch party coming up. Yes. And um, and your jazz quartet will be there? We will be singing live, yes. Oh, so tell us the details. This is going to be at Jazz Bistro, which is downtown, kind of like Young and, and Dundas area. Young and Dundas. Yeah. Um, and when is this? December 10th. 8 p.m. The show goes on. So come early. Get your tickets at 7. You can actually come for dinner at Jazz Bistro. It's a full restaurant. Really? So you can reserve, yeah, table for dinner ahead of time or come. Tickets are at the the door. And it is a live concert. So what about people who want to book ahead? Because, you know, Christmas is... You can book ahead. December is like crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can call jazzbistro.ca. Give them a call. Say, hi, we'd like a table at 6.30 to see Lauren or whatever you want to say. (laughs) Awesome. I don't have to say that, but <laughs> you can. So, so uh, since you're here, you're going to yeah. give us a little sample of a song. Sure, I will. I would love to. You just let me know when, and I'll start and do anything. <laughs> right now? Yes, oh, okay. Right now. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll do a little bit of chestnuts. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Ready? Okay. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir. And folks dressed up to suit the snow. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe helps. To make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh. And every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from 1 to 92. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Wow, that's awesome. So we should let everybody know Just the Classics is streaming now wherever you listen to music. Lauren Ferraro, thank you so much for joining us and sharing this amazing secret. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. That's it for What She Said this weekend. Don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. We'll be back next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Have a fabulous weekend. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect. 
with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at Let's Take This Outside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.